a top 10 time machine. Welcome back to Past 10's A Top 10 Time Machine. It's the podcast where we go back in time and look at the Billboard Top 10 hits from a given day in history. We analyze, we criticize, we talk about what's held up well, maybe what hasn't. A lot of fun and games along the way are had. My name is Dave, but more importantly, he has climbed the highest mountains. He has run through the fields only to be with you, machiners. He's the Chartmeister, Michael Milt Wolf. Yeah. I don't do much running these days, Dave. <laughs> Very sedentary. <laughs> and I'd be remiss if we didn't point out that somebody celebrated a birthday. I did. Yes. I knew him when he was just I a lad. I thought you forgot. <laughs> So, when I met you, you were 17? 18, probably. 18, maybe? 18. And right. now, you're, now you're 73. Holy wow. crap. Yeah. Right, right. That's not true. I'm holding on. Although, you know, mid-50s. Happy birthday, Milt. Yeah, right, right. I'm, I'm struggling a little with this, but it's okay. I had a great birthday, Dave. A great oh, good. birthday. Thank you, you for your, uh, your wishes that you sent me that day. You I even big... heard from... You went I to even the heard city. from uh, a couple okay. of time machiners. Michael Lewis even emailed me. How the hell he knew it was my birthday? No idea. He's a he's a Russian hacker. Secretly, he's a true. spy. That might be true. Anybody yeah. with three names can't be trusted. That's true. Yes, and we did spend a great. My wife and I uh, went into New York City, did a little overnight at a hotel. Just a great, great time. So shout out to loyal time machiner Karen Wolf, who actually never listens to our pod unless I force her to in the car. So why I'm giving her a shout-out on the pod makes no sense. She won't hear it. So you say you went to a hotel, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Sexy you could make time. an inference. <laughs> Not going to deny it. I, I would have gone with a bomb chicka wow wow, but that's that's close enough. I was looking for Barry White. That would have been great, but right, I couldn't right. find him. Anyway. Also, by the way, speaking yeah. of time machiners who emailed me, this is not the only email we got about this, but oh, yeah. um, Ian Bruce, who is such a great loyal listener, emails us last week with the headline. This is what the headline of the email says. I will not accuse you of killing Olivia Newton-John, but the body of the email says, but should I? Well, I'm a couple of episodes behind. Well, Bruce, let's, I mean, go, Ian? let's go to the videotape just three episodes ago. I'm going to play a clip from that episode, and then I'm going to then the clip will reveal what happens next. Please, Mr. Please by Olivia Newton-John, her fifth of 15 top 10 hits. 15 top 10 hits. We always list those totals and start saying Rock Hall of Fame, but no one is talking about Olivia Newton-John for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She was 29 years old in Greece. That's, yeah. That just makes me laugh. Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John shot to stardom and the musical blockbuster Grease. She was 29 years old. Actress and singer Olivia Newton-John has died peacefully at her ranch in Southern California. Oh. Olivia Newton-John dead at 73. Just like that, the murder pod strikes I, again. I don't know what to say. I really don't. I mean, at least we didn't. I think on a previous episode, we talked about the fact that she was battling um, breast cancer for a long time that had spread and all this. We didn't quite bring that up. No, I we didn't. Know. Maybe we were feeling optimistic. But, boy, a lot of love going her way, though, right? Oh, yeah, and deserved, right? And deserved, right. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about how, and we've talked about it when we brought her up. She went through this kind of almost like um, Taylor Swift-esque transformation from country music star to pop yep. music star to sex vixen to all of it. Mm -hmm. And she kind of was one of the first ones to do that. So you got to give her some props. But boy, she's gorgeous, too. The she was. Tell me about it. 
Oh, oh, you talking to me? <laughs> I mean, I hope she holds that, that she held that near in her heart to the end because, I mean, I'm not going to say she peaked at age 29, but eh, kind of. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to say that my wife didn't wear Olivia Newton-John at the end of Greece outfit on my birthday. I'm not saying she didn't wear that. Tell me about it, Stan. <laughs> Tell me about it, Milt. Mm, mm. Actually, don't, well, don't tell me about it. No, I will not. Yep. Olivia, um, sorry. I don't know. We'll still find out who's <laughs> That's next. what you said three weeks ago. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Olivia. And uh didn't work well, out. Listen, Dave, what, you know, uh, the people are waiting on pins and needles to find out who won and what the answer was to last week's Past Tens musical mystery because not a lot of people got it. Once again, only one machiner knew the answer. The three songs were Blitzkrieg, I can't say it, Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones, and She Was by the Talking Heads, and Suffragette City by David Bowie. Mm. Um, Machiner Mikey, who happens to be my cousin Mikey, quickly texted me and said, the lead singers all have the initials DB, and I said, no, two for three. No. He said, I wasn't sure who was the lead singer of the Ramones. I said, <clears throat> I said pretty sure it's, it's Joey Ramone. No, the answer from Shane. Shane from Down Under correctly answered that. It's so simple. It's so simple, people. The first word of each of three songs is the word hey. That's Look it. at that, which was the topic of an episode. The the, the greatest. Didn't we do the no, greatest we didn't haze? No, hey, we didn't do haze. Oh, we didn't do haze. We did yes. We should do haze. Yeah, but yeah, David Burns starts that song with just kind of a random hey, and then... Suffragette City is, hey, man, and Blitzkrieg Bop is, hey, ho, let's go. There you go. Good one. And Shane, well done. Shane, does he get a shirt? He you gets a shirt. We actually have the shirt designed. They're being printed. Uh, Shane, if you're listening, email us at top10timemachine at gmail. Oh, you know the email, Shane. You email us all the time. Right. Come and on. Uh, tell us where to send it. We'll reach out to you if uh, we don't hear from you. The, the T-shirt. I don't know if we should describe it on the air. Let's say on the front, it's a, it's a nod to famous musical couples and romances and a couple broken romances. Fictional couples. Fictional couples like, in it's songs. It's not Sonny and Cher. We're right. talking about, you know, like Jack and Diane. I'll give one. Yes. Tommy and Gina. There's another. And then there's a couple sort of jokey things on there, too. Um, you guys will love it. You, you'll love it's it. Right up your alley. On the, I love it. On the back of the shirt are 10 random lyrics to songs that invite people to guess. So you're going to be the the toast of the town. You're going to be walking around in the bars. People are going to be milling around you. You're walking. And they're uh, going to be screaming country. answers at you, but you won't know the question because you can't see <laughs> you the can't back see of the T-shirt. It. You can't see it. You got to uh, put David Milt on the front. It just dawned on no, me. Well, we no, couple, that's right? <laughs> a couple of fools. Yeah, All right. No joke. We okay, have, we enough of that. We, yes. We've got real business to yes. do. We're back into a regular episode of The Time Machine, which means we have to crawl into the past tense time machine, go back in time, and find out what week we're going to be visiting so we can check out some great or not-so-great tunes. Let's do it. Milt, The Time Machine has taken us back to the week ending August 15th, 1987. I might as well just tell you who this is because you. Well, maybe. Do you recognize this song? Oh, yeah. Wait, it's not. It's a female singer, right? It is. That's right. Is this Tiffany? It is Tiffany. Just to set the mood for 1987, Tiffany and I think we're alone now. 
Uh, Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. This is the height of her powers. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. She, which means she's not on the countdown. That's a little secret, by the way. Right. Whatever she's song not. Dave plays means that artist is not on Correct. the countdown. So upset there. But yeah. all right. So here we are uh, in the summer of 1987. I'm going to keep this relatively brief in terms of this week in history. Just a few things to set the tone. Find out where we were. Mm-hmm. This week, back in 87, actor Patrick Dempsey wed his manager. But what makes it interesting is that at the time, Patrick Dempsey was 21 years old. Mm. She was 48. What? Yes. What the hell, McDreamy? Right. He went right into it. Yeah. They divorced in 1994. But that's a a run. Was it uh, irony or uh, fit? Seven years. Yeah. It's kind of amazing, that that age gap. But so he was... I lament that I've never seen this movie. I think you've chastised me before, but I never saw Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, David. And so in that movie, he plays like an ugly duckling sort, right? Yeah, he plays a geek who gets the girl. And is it irony or fitting or something that he went on to become one of the biggest heartthrobs in Hollywood? I know, I know. He knew how to play it. And, you know, he was kind of a scrawny guy, but he grew into his looks as, you you know, Trust me, the, if you bring him up amongst the ladies, they get Oh, they all excited. love him, yeah. I know, it's kind of crazy. Also this week, let's just, you know, we're just celebrating milestones. Let's wish a happy birthday to probably one of the greatest or most loved athletes who actually didn't do all that much as an, as an athlete. Do you know who I'd be talking about? Bo Jackson. Happy birthday to Tim Tebow. Oh, okay. A great college athlete, mind you, but he was... Just celebrated for his athletic prowess as a pro, a pro mm-hmm. but was really more loved because of, you know, who he represents as sort of a Christian celebrity. And he brings warmth and love and positive vibes to people around the world. So I'm not I think I think but, I've, I, I think I've expressed my affection for Tebow before on this podcast, so I'll make it quick. But I normally have such a cynicism towards athletes that thank God all the time. It's like, just keep your gut out of, off my TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, God doesn't care who won the football game, so shut up. I'm kind of with you on but, that. But Tim Tebow, I love him because he's consistent. He's he's always positive. He doesn't, um, I mean, he might thank God here and there, but really what more he does is he, he puts his money where his mouth is. He visits kids at hospitals all the time. He's doing he all these nice things. He does good yes. things. So right. you're not dissing Tim Tebow. Right. Again, he's not going to the NFL Hall of Fame nor the MLB Hall of Fame or any of that, but whatever. Everybody knows Tim Tebow. He's tried That's baseball. He's tried different positions in the NFL. Who Did knows he what he'll try next? End? Yeah, yeah right, that didn't work either, yeah. Number one movie of the week this week. Um, I wonder if you remember this one. I loved it when it first came out. A movie called Stakeout. Do you remember Stakeout? Oh, yeah. Dreyfus and Emilio. Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Right. And Madel- a very attractive Madeline Stowe. Right. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. It's kind of hilarious. A little dirty. I think a song featured in that movie might pop up later on this pod. You might not even realize it. Yeah. I may not, mm-hmm. but you do. This is this is embarrassing to me. I do. Number one TV show of the week. It's 1987. So what do you think it is? Um, well, I guess Cosby. I guess but... wrong. Oh, good. That was number two. <clears throat> number one TV show of the week was Family Ties. Let's give a little Michael oh, TV shout out. All right. There was a little period of time where Cosby and Family Ties kept like trading back and forth. Yeah. So this one goes to keep. You see that, Mallory? That wasn't a very good. <laughs> to Mallory. Where is Mallory? I don't know. She's Wait, 
Oh, she showed up on that Family Ties. No, she didn't show up on the reunion. No, right? you're confusing her. No, no, with, no, you're no, confusing I her am. with the wrong actress. I almost did the same thing. You're confusing her with Joe from from um, Facts of Life. Oh, you're right. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. That's okay. They all kind of blend. Ties. I don't know what yeah. Mallory is hanging out somewhere with Skippy. I think. They're I guarantee <laughs> you, they're going to do Family Ties. They've done all. I mean, Family Ties is next, right? They'll remake that. Did somebody die from that cast? Is Tina Yother still with us? No. The, yeah, Meredith Baxter. Oh, she died. She pass away? Yeah, she I died. So. Mm, I loved her, too. Yeah. Enough, enough about the love for random 80s celebrities. It is time for us to visit the top 10 songs on the pop chart from this week, August 15th, 1987. Dave, nothing brings us back in time more than music. That's right. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Number 10. You know what's funny? Um, we were talking about Shane earlier. Yep. Shane has a propensity, and it's great. He's such a loyal listener that he always points out the bands that we have yet to cover on the Past Tense Countdown. That's right, and this is one of them, right? This is one of them. He yep. said he had written us an email a while back saying, Miami Sound Machine had seven hits. How come you've never covered them? I know. Because we don't choose the weeks, Shane. No, the but, machine just goes back in time. What are we supposed to do? But the last time Shane did that, it was Blondie, and he willed Blondie onto our pod, and now he's willed Gloria and company. But go ahead, he tell will. us about the song. So this song is Rhythm Is Gonna Get You. It's actually technically by Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine. They added her name to it when they realized she was the star. Right. It's the fourth of seven top ten hits, with three more that Gloria Stefan then had solo, which was kind of still the Miami Sound Machine, but kind of wasn't. Number 10 here. This peaks at number five. Um, the history is kind of interesting. Emilio Estefan, who has, you know, formed a band called the Miami Latin Boys, when he saw Gloria perform at a wedding, she was literally only a guest at the wedding, but somehow got lured onto stage. He saw her singing as like, I want her and mm-hmm. immediately asked her to join her group. They changed from the Miami Latin Boys, which obviously wouldn't work, to Miami Sound Machine. All of the band's original members were Americans born in Cuba, Mm. which was very interesting back then because Latin music hadn't really crossed over. And they released their first album way back in 1977. This is the chorus, I think. No, no, no. Gloria and Emilio married in 1978, and they continued to release albums, and they eventually added this big horn section that became kind of a centerpiece of their music. They became really big in Latin America. But they broke through with the song Conga in 1985. But this became big. Hold on. I like that Conga song too. Come on, the Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, and it's but real. I, I kind of like the Conga songs fun too. Yeah. But really what makes this part, this song fun, I think, isn't so much the rhythm is going to get you part. It's this part, yeah. which is really just a repeat at the beginning. And that is the song that is featured to comedic effect in the film that now I can't remember what it's Stakeout. In the film Stakeout. Oh, it's there's, in Stakeout? Yeah, there's a scene where Richard Dreyfus is hiding under the bed of his would-be oh, love interest. Oh, is that the thing where he's dancing yeah. in the window while Emilio's watching him? Because yeah. it's all about watching her at her house, right? Almost like a peeping Tom. You might say it was a stakeout. Yes. Was stakeout. Oh, that. That too. 
But yes, yeah, so and he sneaks in, and they're not supposed to be there or whatever, and so he hides under the bed, and then, and then he takes one step, and then he takes one step back because he's afraid of getting caught, and it ends up doing this funny little Richard Dreyfus dance, and you hear oh hey, oh hey. it's funny, yeah. Play actually go back to the beginning. Will you play the first oa oa part? Oh, yeah. That's good enough. Oh, we all got that. Oh, way, oh, way, oh, way, oh, oh, oh. Well, what's this? <laughs> you know, I never Is noticed that. that. Yagi Goo? I don't know. It's sounds... Oh, way, oh, way is like a party sound, right? Yeah. But Yagi Goo, do you, like, do you... It doesn't sound Spanish. Do they Spanish. start screaming Yagi Goo in, in, like, stadiums when the team is doing well? This is one of those, like lyrics that Lionel Richie or Michael Jackson would make up and throw into their song to sound like tribal of some sort. You know, I don't know. Well, would this have been a hit if it was called Yage Goo? Probably not. Although, Although what was that? Yeah, Michael McDonald's song. Yeah, Yamo Be There. Yeah. Mm, that's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Gloria Stefan has won everything. She's won seven Grammys. She's won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She's won the Kennedy Center Honors and is in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. But as far as I can tell, she's not in the Rock Hall of Fame. Mm. But you want consolation? Yeah. She and her husband, they not only are they Miami Sound Machine, they own restaurants, hotels, part of the Miami Dolphins. Mm. And they are said to be, as a couple, worth nearly three quarters of a billion dollars. Yeah. So th- they're th- winning. This is an, <laughs> but this is an example of someone who's famous for sure. And in a moment, I'm going to tell you how famous she is. Uh, empirically, but but probably ten times is more famous in Miami. Like she is a Miami institution, right? I mean, the, the yeah, Miami. Yeah, I mean, she <laughs> went through this kind of diva thing where she was like, people were trying to compare her to some of the top female singer star stars, which might have been an exaggeration globally, or at least you know, the rest of the U.S. But yeah, she's a legend down south, no doubt. So I happened to look up the uh, most a list. There's a website called playback.fm which ranks the famous people by names in other words who are the most famous glorious on Mm. ever you want to take any guesses besides besides gloria estefan gloria steinem gloria steinem very good milk comes in the list at number four and they're not fictional right no no real people yeah other glorious i don't know they're not coming up number uh 20 was is Gloria Rubin, who was uh, on my favorite show ER for a long time. Uh, wow, that's down there. She, yeah, she was. Uh, then um, Gloria Gaynor, of course, the the oh, fifth Mister fifth most famous uh, Gloria. Gloria Estefan did not make number one because that belongs to Gloria Arroyo, who I what? feel like it's someone historic we should know. Maybe she was the president of the Philippines. Anyway, Gloria Arroyo. Yes, that's number one. Um, number I'm giving t- it. Number two. I'm giving it to Gloria Estefan. Number two, Gloria Estefan. Estefan. So she's there you the go. second number most two. Famous. Yeah, and she's worth three quarters yeah. of a billion dollars. Yeah, the rhythm did not get her. N- no, not yet. No, this not podcast yet. better not get won't. her. By the way, no. Oh, good point. No, won't happen. She's young and healthy. We're all good. Right. Uh, that was fun. I do, and I like that song. I think again. I think the, the chorus gets a little goofy, as a lot of their songs do, but the rhythm gets set up right away. And right. yeah, yeah. Gage, it, Yage Boo is fine with me. You remember our fraternity brother, Jeff, Jeffrey Kolich? I do. He would randomly shout in the halls of the fraternity, Oh, you, you don't remember that? I love that. 
That's a good call and response. I'm game with it. By the way, Gloria Arroyo is a Filipino academic and politician who is currently serving as the representative of the Pampala. She's the politician. Oh, she was the 14th president of the Philippines. She is the longest serving president of the Philippines since Ferdinand Marcos. So you learned something. We learned something. Yeah. All right, Dave. uh, Number 10. Quality start, I think. Shane, you got your Miami sound machine. You're good. Tell us who else we missed. Right. Back in the machine. Okay. Number nine. seen that issue of playboy yet milk <laughs> you hate it when i'm no it. don't <laughs> shatter me look you're gonna hear this rhythm is gonna start sounding familiar with this podcast here in 1987 this kind of groove and beat seem to run through a lot of pop music, including the debut single from Debbie Gibson. Let her sing the chorus. I like this song. Look, (laughs) I was sort of asking around a little bit this weekend when I was doing this podcast. There's a lot of Debbie Gibson love out there. Yeah. There's a lot. And you know what? Part of the reason I think, honestly, this, by the way, Only in My Dreams is the first of five top ten hits that Gibson had. Number nine here, peaks at number four. She was only 16 when she wrote this song and wrote all of her songs. You know, and we again, we've discussed her before. She had never had even a boyfriend at this point. But she wrote all of these songs about teen love, imagining what it must be like. Yeah. Well, but it's funny it you say that. something, doesn't it's, it? It's funny you say that because there are parallels to her and Taylor Swift. They they were both very young when they started. They both wrote about boyfriends. Debbie's imagined. Taylor's all real. And they both were eternally positive. Like th- there was there there wasn't a whiff of like cynicism or or well, Taylor went after her boyfriends. You got to admit that. I know, but in general. You know, Debbie her, her, her sunshine and or, or in innocence. Even yeah, her heartbreak songs felt innocent. And right, yeah. But she was un- unapologetically loved pop music. She wasn't out to become the next, you know, Janis Joplin. She, she just wanted to sing happy music. And there's some of that in Taylor too. I think that's all. I think you're right. Yeah. And you know, although Taylor Taylor's a- done a lot more th- than oh Debbie no, Gibson ever did. Yeah, Debbie I mean, Gibson but- had five top ten hits. Yeah. Taylor Swift is a superstar. Yes, Debbie Gibson was a, a bit of a flash in the pan yeah, because bit. her type of music, Tiffany as well, sort of quickly got dismissed. But she was really important to a certain age group at a certain moment of time. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, she's 50. She's only 51 now, which is interesting because she feels like she's been around I forever know. since she was so young. She's still but younger she's though. still touring. She released an album last year called The Body Remembers. And she's back in the news because apparently she's had to fight Lyme disease, like really bad Lyme disease. Have mm. you ever had Lyme disease? No, I hear it's We're not no going to talk about it, but it's supposed to be absolutely no fun. Yep. But look, this is bubblegum pop. 
But when a 16-year-old somehow makes bubblegum pop this good and memorable, you got to you gotta sort of bow your head a little, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, look, I don't, I don't go to turn this on. Like, I don't. I don't load this onto my iPhone. I don't, you know, seek playlists yeah, that it's right, on. Right. But when it comes on, there's a, and I'm embarrassed. Maybe yeah. it's a shame <laughs> yeah. thing. There's a little thing in the back of my head says this song's okay. Yeah, I agree. And this, this, you know, usually a lot of times with these sort of kind of flash in the pan stars, their first song is the best. Then they crank, they crank out a couple more. Uh, for some reason, it just, works out that way i'm thinking of this is a probably bad example but joan jett hits the scene with i, I mean in her solo career Debbie anyway gibson but no I'm matched just, with joan jett no, no i'm just saying like they both had you know that well that's not true debbie gibson's biggest hits came later but this song is as good as any of hers that's what i'm trying to say yeah so, i'll give you yeah. that but again i don't even think it was her that her future songs were bad this type of music yeah dated when like Hair bands and then grunge took over. There was no room for Debbie Gibson after when grunge music came on board. That was it. She was done. As were a lot of the artists on this countdown, actually. You want to hear where she ranks in famous Debbie's or no. Yes, well, you're going to. Don't I don't worry, I'm only gonna do this one more time after this. In three of the top five according to uh, playback.fm, three of the top five most famous Debbie or Debras of all time are in music. Three of them. Debbie Boone. Very good. Number five. Debbie Harry. That's number one. And Debbie Gibson comes in number three. Mill. How about that? You nailed it. Well done. Well, it's a music pod, for Christ's sake. Oh, I know, but you don't necessarily have that on the tip of your... I've got to tell you, when I saw Debbie Gibson coming in the time machine, I didn't think we were going to throw her some love, but, I, you know, I'm okay with it. We may take some slings and arrows, but tough. By the way, I wasn't joking. Well, I was joking, but she did pose for Playboy. I, I know. I'm sorry I need we, to bring that up, but it's part of it. Kind of is part of her story now. I'm not sure why she did it, but I'm not. She I'm looked not, great. No, I'm not looking at it. <laughs> not not going there. Okay. Again, you got to protect certain aspects of your youth, just a little bit. Okay. Your electric. Right. Your electric youth. No. There hey, it is. hey. <laughs> um. Again, like I said, this beat's going to start sounding familiar. Let's get back in the machine. Okay. Number eight. Oh, boy. Rhythm is gonna get you. (laughs) Just one big medley tonight. Only in my dreams. Well, Dave, we talked about the Jets once before, I think. I think we did. They did have five top ten hits. I mean, the fact that the Jets had the same number of top ten hits as Debbie Gibson may surprise people, but she did. Or they did. Yeah. Um, number eight here, Pete's at number seven. They're, you may remember, they're a, they have a very interesting backstory. They're a family band from Minnesota, a group of eight brothers and sisters who par- whose parents, you remember this, were originally from Tonga. Polynesian country with only about 100,000 residents, and yet they produced the Jets. But they were without big. They, yeah, I know, without them. Um, but they became big enough around this time that they sang the national anthem at Game 7 of the World Series this year in 1987. Really? Oh, this year, 1987. Okay, still. Yeah. Although, I, you know, I, when I started to think about it, if you're booked for Game 7, no. that, that's not guaranteed to happen. 
You know, they're not. Bruce isn't getting booked for well, game seven. Yeah, but come on. Still, you got to give it to him. That's going to be big viewership. Give and that him, was right? in Minnesota. I take it that was. Was that the the famous World Series game that went into extra innings? And I believe it was the Twins beating the Cardinals. Yeah, the Twins, right? That's so they were yeah. they were the Minnesota band. Yeah. That's that was the series with a bunch of blown calls in that game. Remember? I remember to baseball minutia. But I know. I know. Um, I'm not going to do that. I, I think it's the one that Dan Gladden scored on the sacrifice fly to end it. But most people remember Kirby Puckett's home run. A lot of people said that was the best World Series it ever. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. This song, by the way, was also featured in Beverly Hills Cop 2. I mean, the Jets were around, right? Mm. Personally, mm-hmm. this song to me is lame. Uh, only because, I don't know. Yeah. I, why I like Only In My Dreams and I don't like Cross My Broken Heart when they're kind of the same song. Uh, yeah, but they're not. And it's like a lot of things. You can't put your finger on it, but I can put my finger on this button. What the fuck were we thinking? It, yeah, I don't see this one. It, I don't get it. It feels so empty. I don't know. It does. It feels like something that plays in the background of a, a montage in an 80s mu- uh, movie, right? Or like, a, well, like Beverly Hills Cop 2. Yeah, which it did. <laughs> okay. Or it feels like a, Ma- a like a Madonna B-side or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah no. And The Jets had better songs. Not much better, but better songs. But I don't. This one... I could take it or leave it. The family, get this. So I told you they it was a group of eight brothers and sisters. They split. And they half of them tour as the Jets. And the other half tour as the Jets' original family band. Oh, boy. that's That just, doesn't smell good, does it? No. You might say the Jets are the, oh, are the, Jets, are the Jets of the NFL. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Jets of the NFL. I, however you say that this band will perennial go, they will go three and 14 for the rest of time <laughs> is what you're saying right yeah it's not yeah it is not fun rooting for the jets and it's and, not fun listening to this no and okay. and then brett Favre's is going to show up and sing back up for one season and get everybody's hopes up <laughs> yeah you know it's I, I can't wait till they sign that next disaster right yeah didn't, didn't one of your best players just injure himself for the season? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Mekhi Becton, who was only the 11th pick in the draft two years ago, will now pissed, pit, literally miss two straight seasons in their entirety. Yeah, it's just perfect. Yeah. I love rooting for this team. Yeah. Can we shake this feeling off, yeah. please? Yeah, let's, let's do get that. back in the machine. Okay. Number seven. Like that. I like it a lot. Forget democracy. Give me some Marxism. <laughs> Welcome to the big time. You're bound to be a star. And even if you don't go all the way, I know that you'll go far. This race is for rats. We can turn you upside down. Well, we could talk about this, right? Yeah. Love this There's tune. There's a, a lot Love of it. debut singles on this because this was Richard Marks' debut single. Mm-hmm. And the first of nine top ten hits for him. Number seven peaks at number three. Let's let him sing the chorus, shall we? What I like about this story here, what's great about debut singles is that an artist 
hasn't defined themselves yet. And the best way I can put this, when people think of Richard Marx now, yep. rightfully so, they think of this balladier, sappy love songs that make women swoon and men kind of hate. Well, right? that was his, his biggest hit was Right Here Waiting, right? Was that it? Oh, yeah. And he had a bunch of them. I mean, those nine top ten hits, eight of them were ballads, right? Really? Yes. Not only was this a number three song, it hit number one on the album rock chart. Yeah. Which never would happen for a future Richard Mark song, right? Yep. And so what's interesting here, when he wrote this song, he thought it kind of sounded like an Eagles song. Mm. And he was just connected enough with the music industry that his label calls Joe Walsh. He's playing slide guitar on this oh, song. Oh, cool. And Randy Meisner and Timothy B. Schmidt are singing backup. Wow. So it's almost an Eagles song. Yeah. Almost. It's eagerly it's for all sure. A, right. The whole don't mean nothing thing. It's all about his frustration in the music business. He, he had, like I said, he had been around for a while, had some credibility. Remember, Lionel Richie was the one who heard him and encouraged him to go to L.A. I don't know if you remember. No, I don't. Talk about that. Yeah. No, we did. So don't hold it against him. He said guys at record companies kept telling him they were going to sign him. They kept telling him over and over again, and then he'd never hear back from them. So that's where the lyric where he says, it don't mean nothing till you sign it on the dotted line. Yeah. That's oh. figurative, but it's also literal. Well, the but the song is about the uh, more of the entertainment industry, like act, acting, right? So well, he, yes. he adapts it to acting, but exactly, it's, he turns it into an right. actor story. But it really was about his experiences in the music business. Although it worked out, he no ended surprise. up meeting his wife, the actress Cynthia, Cynthia Rhodes, was in the video, and mm. he met her on the set of the video. Ended up marrying her. She was the girl who was uh, Patrick Swayze's wife in Dirty Dancing. Yeah. They divorced in 2014, and now Richard Marks is married to Daisy Fuentes. Remember the MTV VJ? Yes, Daisy Fuentes. I know. Man, Wait, I love well, hold on. Johnny wasn't married in Dirty Dancing, was he? Yeah, remember? They, he, or was it his girlfriend? Or I was know he it, cheated on her, but oh, he, wasn't he seeing the blonde, or were they just dance partners? I thought they were just dance partners, although they were not a couple? she hmm. wasn't because he wasn't the father of the of her baby, right? It was that other douche. Uh, okay, we don't know our, our dirty dance. I hate that movie. You know I hate that movie. I know, I know. We I, saw it together. I hate it. I know. But Howie, um, your roommate Howie Howie said it was the best movie of the year. That's why no, that said it all. Sorry, Howie. <laughs> Bad call. Oh, A um, couple of things I just want to mention on this. Uh, we uh, do the obligatory apology every podcast was we can't finish an episode. Seth MacFarlane clearly had the same pop culture experiences as we did. Yes. Because everything we cover has a Family Guy connection, including a Richard Marks appearance on an episode just from last year. Just setting it up, there's a young boy who Peter Griffin is mocking in this episode. Mm. Play the clip. Okay. Break away from the Joes and Bonnies of the world. Our chance to finally make cool friends. Well, I don't know what you're saying, Lois, but that horse is the dumbest horse I have ever seen in my life. It hurt to hear, but deep down, I respected him for saying it. Finally, someone had told me the truth. And that boy grew up to have a multi-platinum recording career. Hi, I'm Richard Marks. <laughs> so I great. suck at making clay horses. <laughs> But ask your wife if she cares. Michael Bolton and Richard Marks and all these yeah. guys can realize who they are and have fun with it. There's nothing better. 
Yeah, when you're, I mean, I wouldn't say Richard Marks is the definition of washed up, but his glory days maybe are behind him. But so what? It, it, have a sense of humor about it. People still love you. I think that's great. It it just it it, it makes me have such a, a even a, a better opinion of him. And uh, I don't totally, know. yeah. And you know what? He's still recording. And in yep. in fact, he released because we're gonna th- we're throwing Richard Marks some respect. Let's give him some real love. He released a single just two or three weeks ago. It's a song called Same Heartbreak, Different Day. Let's give him a clip, shall okay, we? Yeah. Give him some credit. He still uh, sounds young, doesn't he? His voice sounds great. The song, I mean, on first well, listen, it trying, sounds okay. He's, he's trying to be more modern and that, contemporary, well, right, that, with uh, the drum uh, track. Well, that's the problem I have. That electronic drum sounds like yep. sounds like a Casio tone machine. Um, but not anyway. bad, Richard Marks. Not bad. And I will, I will, I say this all when we play the Richard Mark ballads on this podcast. I hate them. Don't mean nothing, with the exception of the fact that is some terrible grammar. Terrible yeah. grammar. I dig the song. I do. I, I I dug it when it came out, and I, I'm still okay with it. I love it. It's a fun song. It's one of the songs that I'm kind of glad you can hear the lyrics because there are some, they're a little trite, but I really love your work, babe, but you're just not what we're looking for. Like, it, it, it's kind of cool. You could picture this actress walking into a studio and, the guy brushing her off, and it, it, so it tells a little bit of a story. It's kind of cool. By the it's way, stories. I hate that. I like stories. Uh, I hate to be right all the time, but Johnny was not married to Penny. They mm. were they were dance partners. Cynthia Rose. But wasn't right? she pregnant? She was pregnant, but not right. by not by him. Turns out oh. by by Rocco or somebody. No, That's wait, uh, Robbie, story. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie Gold. Blame it on the Jew. Anyway. Don't like it. Do not like it. All right, no, we're not talking about dirty dancing, right? We are halfway through this. No, we're not halfway through. We're almost halfway through this countdown. Right. Let's keep it going. Okay. Number six. Now, I hate to pull this out so early, but... Never heard of it. Oh, come on. No. Nope. Bullshit. Don't, don't know this song? I already pushed to You're going to recognize it. I'm telling you, when the chorus hits or when even the rap part All starts... All right, I'll, we'll see. Nothing? It's not coming up. No. I'm amazed. Now, look, I will admit, when I saw the name of the song on the countdown and the artist, I thought I didn't know what it was either. But as soon as I heard those synths hit, I was like, oh, yeah, this is an 80s song, and they play this. Right. This is called Heart and Soul by possibly the worst band name we've ever covered on this countdown. The band's name is Kapow. Kapow? Kapow. Kapow. Like, you have to spell it for our listeners, I think. It is T apostrophe capital P-A-U. And if you ever wanted to know that the band you're listening to are probably a bunch of dorks, 
They're named after a Vulcan princess in an episode of Star Trek. No. Well. Play this part. Okay. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't heard it because it is a song that's used a lot in like 80s TV movies. It sounds, like, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds familiar, but like not specifically. It just, the, the it sounds like a lot of 80s songs, but it's not. Well, no, and it's, it's a one hit wonder. I mean, Tapal, yeah. this is their debut <laughs> single. It's, it's, doesn't it? Don't you feel silly saying it out loud? <laughs> I mean, it might be T-Pal. I don't think so. I think it's Tapal. Right. It's their only U.S. top ten hit. They're a band from Shrewsbury, England. Number six here peaks at number four. Uh, the lead singer's name is Carol Decker. She was the one that was watching Star Trek and said, hey, let's name our band to Pal." I mean, that's a terrible, like, moment of revelation. I mean, yeah. I had to hold them back, yeah. right? I have yeah. to think so. Uh, you know, there are a few other things. This, you know, this was their first single but didn't originally chart until it was featured in a Pepe Jeans commercial. Do you remember Pepe Jeans? No. I don't think we were really in that, but that, ended that was... up getting picked up by MTV, and there it goes. The only other things I could really find interesting about this, one, Carol Decker, who's the singer. Um, I'm not sure if you're looking at the video. She's got big, flowing no, red I, hair, I you believe. You didn't give me the video, but I, I can see her flowing red hair. Yes, she yes, looks she looks, she, she looks a little bit like, uh, what's her name from Russian Doll, the oh, actress? Uh, Natasha Leone. Yes. Yeah, there's a little bit a of little that. Bit. Her hair looks the, the same. The, the singer was also an actress, and she was offered the part of Don Johnson's wife in Miami Vice that wow. eventually went to Sheena Easton. No, it wasn't his wife. It was his dance partner. No, Are sorry. Are you sure? No. Oh. <laughs> was she pregnant, too? Wake up. Yeah, she yeah. was pregnant. Yeah. And I got to tell you, this I didn't expect. Um, I'm not going to call this so much a bad remake, but I was very surprised to hear that the Insane Clown Posse did a remake of this song. Will you play it? Whoa. Like it better so far. A little harder. Wow, this sounds. It doesn't sound like your typical insane clown. No, that I, it's that I, not as insane. Were right. you expecting like thrashing? And yeah, then yeah. Isn't that what they normally do? Screaming. Yeah. I think they go back and forth. This isn't bad. Right. It's a little stilted, but nonetheless, there it was. Well, let me ask you um, a question, Milt. Quick, yeah. quick on the spot uh, trivia. What do these artists have in common? Jan and Dean, Joy Division, Huey Lewis and the News, Mel Torme. Hoagie Carmichael and Perry Como. They I don't know, they're all Star Trek fans. They all sang songs called Heart and Soul oh, I that, are, that, are, that. that are better than this one. <laughs> Every single one of them. I huh? I would venture to say yes. I think this song's a little better than you're giving it credit for. I'm I just don't. gonna put that down there. Okay. But I can't tell you anything about Tapal. It really does sound like a Batman sound effect from like yeah. that seventies. <laughs> I joked to you before the pod started. I wonder if Tapau knows T-Pain, but that's a that's, no. Yeah. yeah. Are right, you done? Dave. I'm done. Well, because I'm not done. Because uh -oh. here we go. 
I've built this up too much. I, I've told Milt three times. I'm very proud of the play date you're about to hear. This is the segment where I quiz Milt on a category of songs inspired by the song we just heard. We should Look, just... remember, it's my birthday. It, this I has don't care. to be easy. Shit. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know about easy. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So right. the uh, category. So all, these are, in fact, I didn't even make this list. I stole it from Ranker.com. These are the top 10 songs with the word heart in the title. Okay. So, so there, you, you know, all these songs, there are no like weird sleepers. What I've done is in order to give you a clue for each, I have compiled a limerick for each of these 10 songs. The limerick will <laughs> in the limerick, you will find hints about both the band and the song in question. And remember heart in the title in the heart title is in the very title. The word heart is in the title of all of these. Okay. Okay. Limerick. Yes. Number one, oh, well, no, I'll, it's number 10, actually, because we're counting down the top 10. Number 10, these four men had a fabulous bond. They jetted in from across the pond. This song broke the rules as they dressed up like fools, and upon us a new era dawned. Four men, so it's not the beach. Oh, well, it's got to be the Beatles, right? Yes. Heart. Oh, God. Oh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. There we go. Okay. Woo! Yeah, a little bit longer than I thought, but... Not there. Yes, very good. Okay, one for one. Happy with that. Okay. I'm kind of happy about it. Uh, number nine on the list. The band is gone, but man, they were great. Got together in the Sunshine State. They were five, but not Jackson. Their leader's hair gold and flaxen. This song's title says, Pay Mind to Your Mate. Wow, what? So a blonde lead singer. Yep. From California, is it? Is it? It's not. Cal- is it uh, Van Halen? It's not California. Oh wait! Oh no! What state was it? The Sunshine State. It's Florida. Oh, shit! Shit! That's Florida. I have no idea. Not a clue. Oh, Penny! You know it now. Yeah, this is "Listen to Her Heart." That's right. Oh, that's a good song. I should have gotten that one. You when you when I said hair, golden flax, and you were thinking female. I take it. No, I thought of David oh. Lee Roth for some reason. Okay. I guess, that, I I guess that was a hard one. All right. A Cana- You'll get this one, I bet. A okay. Canadian singer with real grit, oft parodied in a Tonight Show skit. A song hot like a kettle. Oh, I got this. Describing a rare metal, even though I think his voice sounds like shit. <laughs> that, this is definitely Neil Young's Heart of Gold, right? You got it. <laughs> well done. I still... This one perplexes me, Dave. You got to have a little more respect if you ask me. Nope. My game, my rules. Next Meanwhile, one. I'm like turning my back on you. Like I, I know. need to focus you're, on this. Well, you're turning your back and you're disappearing because you got your virtual background on. You're disappearing oh, you're right. into the skyline of New York. It's very disheartening. <laughs> Where did he go? All right. Uh, she sings with pride. Can you blame her? This chick's a rock and roll hall of famer. A tune that is hot. It hits you with no shot. But was her first smash oh, and a okay. banger. These are good. How much time did you? This is definitely Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker. Yes. Right? Yes, I spent way too much time on this. Wow. Although I'm lim- limericks come easy to me for some reason. They're, uh, I, this is your one talent? It, yes. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> the next one, which I think is number five on the list. Uh, no, it's six, I think. Okay. One hit wonder. Well, let's not be spiteful. This song is so catchy, it's frightful. And hey, what the hell? Let's throw in a cowbell. You might say this song is delightful. Deli- delight. 
Oh, yeah. Groove is in the heart. Right. <laughs> the last line gave it away. But you, you might the remember. Cowbell. You almost got me with the cowbell. What? Well, we. It didn't make our top 10 cowbell songs, but we mentioned it as an honorary mention in that it episode. It should have been. Yeah. Should have been. All right. We're up to the top five songs, according to Ranker.com, with the word heart in it. Uh, the next poem reads as follows. This band's path was glorious, then humbling. Their hard rock style was just rumbling. A movie theme? Oh, yes. But for them, second best with a song that reminds one of Dolph Lundgren. What the? F- what? <laughs> well, you got movie theme, but not their best movie theme. What movie? Dolph, was Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. Was it like, what's the, uh, the like Schwarzenegger, the Expendables, wasn't he? But there's no, no there's no theme. What's his fame? What's his most famous role? Dolph Lundgren. Oh, oh, Rocky. Yeah. Wait, heart. Oh, I don't have it. Oh, okay, it's Survivor. Survi- huh. I Sur- should have gotten that too. Survivor. Right? Eye of the, it's not Eye of the Tiger. Correct. Not Eye of the Tiger. It's Burning Heart. The theme from Rocky Four. I don't know. It was kind. Of, it was kind of hard, but I thought Dolph Lundgren would have given it away. Yeah, but, not exactly a memorable song. That's that's higher than Neil Young's Heart of Gold. It's just a popularity contest. Who knows? Uh, next one. Some found this UK rock band Divine in 83 for their song Stars Aligned. The tune's lyrics addressed a dude feeling depressed. The band's name, one letter different than mine. Yes. One letter different. It's not. Oh, yet. I got it. I got, it. got it. Yes. It's owner of a lonely home. Ah, you did it, Mel. Very proud of you. Pretty good song. All right. Man. Yep. All Seriously, right. was this weeks? Three, three to go. I'm in, I'm in awe so far. It's your birthday present. Thank you. Uh, That's uh, pretty lame. Something. Still. A, a song about fragility? You bet. You probably had this one on cassette. And you know what, Boo? Here's a really good clue. The name of this New York band ain't Brunette. Boo? Did you just call me your Boo? Yeah. Does Boo, does boo have anything to do with the answer? God. Did you listen to the last oh, line the of the brunette poem? Part. Brunette. So it's a bl- blondie. Um, uh, heart of glass. <laughs> like, I got hung up on the booth. It's like passing a kidney stone. I thought, no, I thought that was like a little sly, like, no. throw me off kind of word. Oh, okay. No, boo rhymes with clue, and boo is just... Uh, can't boo also mean, like, buddy, or does it always mean no, boyfriend? No, boo means, like, a, yeah. I All right. It, it wasn't... So now I'm I, w- out. I would... <laughs> It wasn't you know, loyal listeners. He's been hitting on me for <laughs> years now. And one of these days is going to pay off two more to go. Thank God. A song about a tumultuous affair. A record is platinum as the lead singer's hair in 89. They had fun. The tune hit number one, a oh, Swedish 89. band that you're talking in the middle of my poem. It's a limerick. It's got rhythm. You got, I got to start over, yeah, start over a song about a tumultuous affair. A record as platinum as the lead singer's hair. In 89, they had fun. The tune hit number one. A Swedish band that ain't ABBA? No fair. See, there's a there's a song that I'm just assuming has to be on this countdown. But you said Swedish, right? Yep. Is there an ABBA song with heart? A Swedish band that ain't ABBA? No fair. Yeah, I wasn't listening. <laughs> um Swedish band. Well, the only one I can think of is Roxette. Oh, oh, listen to your heart. God. I got there. (laughs) It's a long road. After me telling you that it wasn't ABBA when the poem told you it wasn't ABBA. All right, you you got it. You got it. I will say this before you even say the limerick. It has to be the song I'm thinking of. 
All right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll take your word for it. I was going to have you. I don't want you to say it. I'll say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Okay. The number one song with a heart in it, according to Ranker.com. Here's the limerick. Enjoy a raspy voice. I'd say yup. She could howl much like a bloodhound pup. A song with real smoke that turned into a joke. The glowing eyes in the video were fucked up. It's not half, Dave. It is a total eclipse of the heart. There you go. Dave, I got most of the answers to this, but you win this play date. Thank you. Thank you, you really do. Oh, thank we you. should be renting you out for a limerick. I show. had way too much fun. It, it's and way too much time. You should you should try it at home. Limericks are actually easy. I don't I, I don't know why. Or maybe they're maybe I just like limericks because I live near Nantucket. Huh. Anyway, as, as uh, you know, Dirk Diggler said, you know, everybody's got a talent. <laughs> and you don't have that one. I know. I, one. I sure as hell don't have that one. Right. <laughs> well played. Love it. Thank love you. It. Good, Good time had by all. Well, I hope. For me, at least. Um, all right, Dave. That's ha- now we're halfway. We are. The thank right? God. We got five yeah. more songs to go here in '87. Pretty good start. I don't know if it's going to continue though. Let's find out. All right. Number five. <laughs> start here because you know when i'm talking about la bamba by los lobos which was a massive song by the way yep. los lobos los lobos only top 10 hit but peaked at number one huge hit i didn't know the words but mm. i try to sing them anyway i mean, right. i was singing Ba-da-da-da, la bamba <laughs> well can i tell you one little funny bit about the lyrics well i don't know if it's funny but um, fan, excuse me, fans of the pod will know that when I introduce Milt, I use lyrics from a song that is sort of a preview as to one of the songs coming up. Um, people knew that, but they do now. Oh, they do now. So one of the ones I wrote down but rejected was, uh, my name is Dave, but more importantly, El no es un marinero. No, no es tan marinero. El es capitán. El es capitán. Hola, Michael Milt Wolf. Why wouldn't you use that? That's better. <laughs> because it would have been just too confusing. <laughs> the real words are, para bailar la bamba se necesito una poco de gracia, which means to dance la bamba, you need to have a little grace. Wow. And the derivation of the song is fascinating. You know, everybody assumes that it was just a Richie Valens song. This came from the movie based on the life of Richie Valens right. called La Bamba. Huge hit here in 1987. It was actually a traditional Mexican wedding song that mm. was apparently handed down from generation to generation. Um, oh, that's funny. Like so Valens, it wasn't a Richie Valens original. Okay. I didn't know no, that. No, he decided to record it and it became a hit in 1959. It became a hit. This was the song that was on the charts literally days before he died in the same plane crash that killed Buddy Holly and was the subject of the day the music died in, in American Pie. That was the same crash that uh, Don McLean wrote about. But anyway, that Richie Havens records that. Fast forward this to the 1980s. Los Lobos had been formed all the way back in 1973, made up of 
Mexican-Americans that lived in Los Angeles. And they began playing songs that were influenced by Mexican folk music. Mm. And it's funny. They played all sorts of weddings and clubs locally. In fact, one of the band members actually was quoted in an interview saying that if you got married between 1973 and 1980 in East L.A., we probably played your wedding. Oh, my God. That's funny. Kind of funny. Yeah. But they somehow, I don't know how it happened, they landed a gig opening up for the post-punk band Public Image, LTD, you know, the Johnny Rot, whatever, post um Johnny Lydon thing. And they somehow got into the punk scene. They even opened up for The Clash, which then got them a record contract on a major record label. And they released this album called How Will the Wolf Survive that became, I remember this because I, you knew this. Oh, yeah. I was a religious reader of Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone magazine foamed at the mouth about that album. It was literally just frothing. They I forgot about so that much. song. That was a good song. It was uh, a great song. I don't know about the whole album, but yeah. yeah. So when the movie La Bamba was made about Richie Valens, they decided that the producers didn't want to use the original Valens recordings, which we'll play in a minute. But instead, the Valens family, who knew of Los Lobos, asked that they record the music. And so they recorded, I think, five or six songs and re-recorded them, rather. And this became the big hit. And, Dave, you cannot... This song was huge. Mm. I, I don't know about you, but yeah. I always loved it, even though I had no idea what they were singing because I didn't take Spanish. Well, like French. Why did I take French? Yeah, the line I read that no es, no es marinero, no es un marinero, el es capitán. It means he's not a uh, sailor; he's a captain. Uh, I don't know, but it, it's, I, it, I don't know. And you don't already said me. the part about dancing with Grace, which is kind of funny. Wouldn't well, that's it? A little better. No, I did love the song. Wouldn't it be funny if if um, Los Lobos encountered scandal when it was discovered they were actually. Uh, a bunch of Jewish guys. <laughs> <laughs> El no es capitán. Los Latkes. El es... <laughs> that would be our band. We're going to play traditional Mexican folk songs with a Jewish accent. La, 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 pamba. Hey, El es capitán. Pass the whitefish. Uh, one last trivia set. This is kind of interesting. When this song hit number one, so the guy who directed this movie was Taylor Hackford. Mm-hmm. He became the first movie director ever to have songs in four consecutive movies. Four of his movies hit number one. Mm. So he, Up Where We Belong, was in Officer and Gentleman. He directed that. Against All Odds was in Against All Odds. Mm. And Separate Lives and Say You Say Me were both from White Knights. And then this song, all those hit number one, four straight movies for the guy. He had a magic wow. touch. I don't That's know. crazy. Yeah. Here, by the way, just so people can hear it, this is the Richie Valens original. Nothing wrong with it at all. No, there's nothing wrong with it. They were really faithful to it, right? Oh, yeah. They just updated the recording style, basically. It sounded more modern, that's all. Yeah. You know, it also sounded... Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say... I just noticed, I think more than half of the songs on this countdown were featured in movies. It does feel that way, right? Yeah. There's a... Well, there's a couple coming up. Anyway. Don't even say it. I won't. Speaking of modern, uh, did you go to this guy's concert last week (laughs) like you asked me to? I did, but let's oh, play it. Let's play it first, it. right?
Why would this have anything to do with La Bamba, Dave? This is from an album called Even Worse. La, 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 lasagna. <laughs> you want the summer lasagna, magnifico, or maybe spaghetti. Hey, you saw Pazzaretti, now where you go, mama mia. So you saw Weird Al last I week. saw Weird Al at uh, in Central Mass at this very nice outdoor arena called Indian Ranch. I've been there a few times. Anyway, this is going to sound stupid, but I was disappointed that what Weird Al does is he comes out and he sings his songs. That's what he does. That's okay. it. Okay, so let me preface it by saying, like, I thought I was going to a comedy show. Why? Maybe because I actually saw Spinal... You never saw Spinal Tap, did you? I'm serious. They went on I tour. Saw, oh, you mean live? Yes. I, I thought you were asking me if I saw the movie. Well, I thought in context you knew what I meant. Of course you saw the Spinal Tap, Spinal Tap movie. The, the fictional I band. I never saw the band. The no. fictional band Spinal Tap was. They in, play in it fact, up, Yeah, right? they was. Yeah. Okay, so the the I'll, I'll, I got to tell a quick version of the story, but the ladies and gentlemen, Spinal Tap, they, they come down from the rafters on cords, you know, like they put cords on like Peter Pan, so the yep. Peter Pan. So, so they're descending on these chords, and Michael McKeon, he comes down, he lands on the stage, starts playing the guitar. Um, uh, Harry Shearer comes down, you know, the short guy, and the chord stops, and he's like a, a good yard from the ground, so he's kicking <laughs> kicking his feet like a little kid. And then Nigel, the Christopher Guest, isn't even close. to. He's like halfway down and just starts swinging back and forth with this big <laughs> smile on his face. And so from the from Jump Street, we were just laughing. Me and my brothers, went, we were laughing. They had shtick. They paused. They did a funny video. Um, I mean, they did play their songs, but it was really a comedy show. Right. Weird Al comes out and plays the songs. Not only that, Milk, but you'd have been shocked. I st- I didn't stay for the whole thing. I stayed for maybe ten to a dozen songs. Those first dozen songs, not one parody song. Oh, was it all polka stuff? No, it was all. He has comedy songs that are not parody songs, right? Oh, like I see like what you're like Dare to Be Stupid is, right, is one right, example. Right. That was the only one I recognized. The others, I, don't, I mean, I don't have his albums. <laughs> I, mean, I'm not, I mean, I just sort of like the guy and the fact that we he always has a funny jab at a popular song. I wonder if there's a reason for that. I went back and checked the, you know, that website where you can check what the set list is. Yeah. So I actually looked. He does a medley of like a few of those at the very end, and that's it. And so I, he's kind of secretly doesn't like them, maybe. Either he doesn't like them. Or could there be a, a co- there can't be a copyright thing, right? No, Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to record the songs. So. I don't know what weird. it is, but I'll were say- people like screaming in recognition? They were so happy that he, they were he was playing a Weird Al original. They, uh, people were cheering. Like he had, he clearly has fans that know all his shit. And by the way, the songs were funny, but like once you got past the first premise of the joke, it was kind of like okay. And what he does, people always told me he put on a great show, which. I can't agree, but but I mean, for wow, my for my anyway, But what, I'll say this: the the production the value was very good. In other words, the musicians were great. They were all spot on. There were pyrotechnics. It was like a real rock show. But it's weird. It was it was it was for lack of a better word weird. So I, I wish I w- yeah. I, I wanted to like it. You know me. I, why, why, oh, why, you why, were dying? You asked I, me to go. I know. I, I wanted go. you to come with me. You're lucky you didn't come. Yeah, it looks like I, you saved me. Oof. Yes. All yeah. right. Um, by the way, I forgot to even say that this was, La Bamba was the first all Spanish language song to ever hit number one in the U.S. 
which is not surprising if you think about it, but it came so many years later than it was actually written. Can you name another one? Well, a lot of like uh, De- Despacito and oh, things yeah. like that, yeah. and yeah. this latest sort of Latin music wave, I think, has put a couple of them in there. So, and don't forget uh, Macarena, although Macar- they did have that 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 English rap. Most of them, of most of them have some English in it. Like Pitbull, yeah, Pitbull true. talks a lot of Spanish in his songs, but there's always English also. Yeah. All right, Dave. Four more to go. Back in the machine. That was a cheery song. I I know we're going to keep it going with another something uplifting. Don't you think? It's party time. Number four. You're joking, but it's like a bouncy. It sounds kind of yeah, it sounds music. upbeat so far. Oh man, it's an odd moment in music history. I can't wait yeah, for you to school me on sing. this. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. Yes, I think you've seen me. So if you hear something late at night that sounds like a fight, don't ask me what it was. I mean, that was the first sign when you're like, huh, something's not right here. Right. Uh, but Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we'll discuss. This is Luca by Suzanne Vega. A very recognizable song. I doubt anybody on this countdown has never heard this song Big before. Big hit. Big hit. But it was Suzanne Vega's only top ten hit. Number four here peaks at number three. But the song was a very, quote, important song. It was nominated for Record of the Year and Song of the Year. It lost both. It lost Record of the Year to Graceland, which is fine. But it lost Song of the Year to Somewhere Out There, which is a disgrace. But that's a whole other song. Um, Vega, by the way, she was born in Santa Monica, moved to New York City when she was only two, started playing in folk clubs, had a song on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. But this came from her second album called Solitude Standing. And yeah, it is a song about child abuse, right? which is so weird because, as I was saying, the music has this kind of light bounce to it, and the lyrics are a little bit evasive. At no point does this kid named Luca say, I'm being abused. Right. He's just sort of saying, my dad gets mad. If you hear these sounds, you know, don't argue anymore. Don't ask me what it was. It's this really 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 sad undertone well maybe Um, you know the answer to this already but was that intentional yes what she said was that she knew that if she was going to do a song about child abuse no one was going to want to listen to it so she tried to a make it catchy and b because it's in the voice of a young child she felt it also had to be simple and children, you know, who are going through abusive situations don't necessarily want people to know about them. That's yeah. how these things happen. So she, the Luca was technically hiding it. Now, there is there was a real life Luca. Luca is a name of a boy that she heard. She was watching neighborhood kids play mm. in New York, and the real life Luca was one of them. And Luca really did live upstairs from her. But Luca was uh, not abused. Oh, she just okay. liked yeah. the, no, Luca, it's fine. Yeah. She didn't have a specific, she knew that child abuse was a major issue, and it continues to be. But this Luca was just a name that she just liked the sound of it. 
And I think it's such an unusual name. I think that's part of what the appeal was. Oh, yeah. You didn't really know yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, at, at first, when the song came on, I, I might have let out like a groan. But uh, to be clear, that wasn't um, to diss the song. I'm curious. Let me ask you first. How do you feel about the song? I, the whole deal of it, not just musically. It's but, memorable. I, yeah. No, I, I, I liked it then. Yep. And I recognize it now. I mean, it's not a good time. But right, it's, right, it's right, right, catchy, right. It's catchy enough that it becomes ear candy. But ear candy probably shouldn't be about child abuse. Yeah, see, that's right? I, I, I'm I'm struggling with that a little bit, and I, I think I'm coming down on the pro Suzanne because she really took a risk. It, it, it or or I don't know if it's a risk, but degree of difficulty. How how I mean, we just um, I just happened to recall in a past pod we mocked three dog night for the ink is black the page oh. is white because they're talking about a very serious social issue of racism and saying you know in the it, dumbest most direct way possible right 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 so if you're going to sing about child abuse there's a huge risk of it sounding hackneyed clumsy right uh superficial like you're just glossing over but i actually this think as far not. as that goes no i think i mean you could argue yeah it probably shouldn't be upbeat maybe but the way she weaves the lyrics in, it kind of just lets you know. It, it, I mean, to me, the message is that there are kids that are abused that probably walk by you and you don't realize it, and that's fucking sad. And if that's Aerosmith took a different path, I, like, I, Jamie's I, got a gun. I thought you were going to bring that up. Yeah, that that went much more angry response, right? But in reality, that's probably more rare. Luke Luca's situation is probably a little more realistic, right? It, that's, that's probably right. what happens. And, but and, she does it in a pretty, I don't want to call it clever, but she's subtle enough to yeah. match the the situation. And it, it, it becomes more gruesome almost as a result of that because you think this poor kid is alone, right? Yeah. And maybe that's why it's, but well. And why is the kid talking to her? Because he needs somebody to talk to, but yeah. he doesn't know how to say it. It's pain, man. Oh, now I'm getting Ooh. sad. Yeah, that wow. is, it's really sad, but... Oof. And, but, and may, but maybe it is upbeat for that. Maybe I'm staying the obvious, but it, it's upbeat because there's a cute little kid named Luca. And if that's all you knew, you might be singing a happy tune. But when he talks to you, you realize there's something going on. And let me be clear. Did this song cure child abuse? No. No. <laughs> no but, 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 I, but, you know, music, you, you always talk about story songs. This one tells a story. It's a sad story. Right. And unfortunately, it doesn't really come to a conclusion. But it is, you know, it tells a story that puts you in a character's place. It's just a particularly devastating one. And actually, I, this I didn't know. Back, you know, Suzanne Vega never had another hit. She put out a lot of folk music records and became, you know, a cult star in those circles. Back in 2014, she released a sequel to this song mm. that is about Luca grown up. And the song is called Song of the Stoic. Do you want to play just a clip of that? Different tone. I am a man. I've been working all my days. This is my accounting of my means and of my way. More years are behind me now than years that are ahead. Looking back, I feel this is my story to be said. I faced my father down inside the hallway of our home. Eighteen years of pain upon my body to the bone. Demons lived inside of him, they forced him to the act. 
Layers of the bruises to my body was the fat. Oh, this one's a little more. So he confronts Luca does ultimately when, when he 18. reaches the 18 years old. He confronts his dad. And then do we find out what happens? Well, you'll have to listen to it. <laughs> you don't you don't know, do you? I did listen to the whole thing. <laughs> All right, listeners, take a listen to Song of the Stoic. Song of the Stoic. But, man, when you know this is the sequel to Luca, you kind of get into the song, right? Yeah, and it, it, uh, what I noticed was she's not being as subtle. She's explaining what that, which no, maybe is kind of no. what we want to hear. Um, maybe w- you're, you're kind of right. You're ready. It's like the movie's got to wrap up with some sort of conclusion, right? And right. Maybe that's what that song does. Yeah, well, it, and I'm reminded it, it's there are glaring parallels to this documentary that I think they just released. I just watched it on Netflix. It's called, I just killed my father. And it is what it sounds like. The opening of the doc is this 18 year old kid who calls 911 and said, I just killed my father. And I won't, I won't, I won't ruin it for you, but let's just say there are parallels to Luca and, um, very, it's, it's, it's a sad story, but very good documentary. You should watch that melt. We went to a dark place. Yeah, well, I've got something a little light to cheer you up to, that'll take about 15 seconds. Where on the list of famous Suzannes do you think <laughs> Suzanne Vega oh, I thought you were going to say famous Lucas. No. like, that's a short no, list. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> famous Suzannes, just take a guess. I'll give you a hint. She's in the top 10. What number do you think she ranks in terms of famous Suzannes? I would Suzanne's? say she's number eight. No. Mm. Uh, number eight is uh, someone I've never heard of. Suzanne Plachette. Number oh, you f- know number Suzanne Plachette. No, Bob num- Newhart, right? Oh, God, number eight is Suzanne Basso, who oh. I've never heard of. Number gotcha. five is Suzanne Plachette. There we go. Number three is Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Vega, number one, the really? most, the most famous person named Suzanne. I don't know why I'm so fascinated by that, but I love it. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting these rankings. You're making them up. No, I'm not. I, I just I cited three times. Playback.fm. I don't know what they are. But what do they, they know? What they, What do you know? I'm going Suzanne Summers. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I would I would think that Suzanne Summers would be more famous than Suzanne Vega. But, um, age, but yeah. yeah. All right, Dave, three more to go. Let's get back in the machine. Number three. Little different tone yeah. now. Kind of a cowbell. Oh, yeah. Is that a cowbell? I'm not sure, but it's a a can or something, isn't it? We can't ask him. George! Aww. This is good. It sums up it? sums up our um, college romancing, Milt. Sometimes you think you're going to get it, but you don't, and that's just the way it goes. <laughs> Let's let George Michael have the course because it's what people were interested in. Yes, I Want Your Sex by George Michael. The fourth of his Spicy. 15 top 10 hits. Number three here. Peaks at number two. I cannot believe this song didn't hit number one. I know. Weird. 
very weird. Yep. This was the lead single from Faith. And look, this this is probably the song that made him a superstar. At least it opened the gates to say, oh, he's not just a pop star. He is a superstar. Yeah. He plays every instrument on the main part of the single, which is what we're listening to right now. The album version is much longer. It has like three parts and everything like that. But this the single is sort of a combination of the two parts. And look, he called it I Want Your Sex. He was clearly trying to court controversy, right? Yeah, he it, trying it, to get away from his wham And he, and he got it. Intentionally provocative. I remember it was like... You know, on all the evening magazine shows, it was like, let's find out why George Michael's new song is so controversial. Is it really called I Want Your Sex? It, I mean, it's 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 almost... Wow, you look back I know, on it's, it, it's, it's, like... it's nothing. Also, I think it was almost with a wink and a nod, because that's not an expression that people say, I want your sex. It doesn't... It It's like... Let's just throw sex in there and see what, what happens, you know? Yeah, it's kind of the possessive thing. My right, sex, right, right. I don't know. It's a little weird. Yeah. It was the first hit to use the word sex alone in the title. Huh. Marvin Gaye had sexual healing, but that had a different feel to oh, it. Oh, that's but, a good tidbit, no? Yeah. Remember the BBC banned this song and stuff, and, you know, they thought it was not appropriate because this was the AIDS epidemic age, right? And people were like, ooh. So he had to come up and say, no, it's about monogamous sex. But come on. I mean, the, no, it wasn't. The video... Has I'm looking at it now. He's using a a lipstick. What do you call it? A what of lipstick? A lipstick. Whatever. Yeah. He's he's writing with lipstick on uh, what appears to be a nude woman. But he's writing explore monogamy. That was exactly. that was the point of the song. I thought. Yeah. It was not the point of the song. That was the point <laughs> of his like trying to get the song played after it was being banned. The point of the song. So was the to video. Be about sex. You're saying the video came later. The video came later. All right. Not much later, but he was like, he realized, yeah, you know, I got to make this a little less, un, you know, couth for the AIDS era. So he yeah. added the monogamy okay. part. Give me a break. Okay. The weirdest <laughs> thing about this song is so the only criticism that came publicly was that it felt too much like a Prince song. You know, okay. Chris, Prince was very sexual and got up to that line, too. Yeah. Um, George Michael apparently completely stopped playing this song in his concerts before he died for years. Mm. Because he was kind of admitting to himself, it's too much like a Prince song. He was like, I really? shouldn't be just playing Prince music. I should be playing my own music. Did you think that at the time or now, I guess? No. Remember, I was a huge Prince fan. I, I could tell he was trying to be something new, but I didn't get the Prince thing. The thing that bothered me back then, I'm curious, rewind to the beginning of his vocal. Can you do that for a second? what bothered me he's trying a little too hard to be like gritty he can sing those notes straight right but he's trying to sound like you know and it it sounded like he was putting a little too much effort into it you know what i'm saying i hear you bothered me for some reason it i hear you uh you know one man's trash is another man's treasure I always love this song. I still kind of love it. It's a great song. It, it's a great song. I'm not going to lie. Faith it, is better, but this is great. He, Yeah, Faith is probably better. And my favorite is Freedom 90. But um, yeah. uh, but this this was a great jam. It, I think it still kind of holds up. It, Yeah, it's it, it's definitely locked in firmly in the 80s. But uh, just funky. Uh, it, it, George Michael at his, almost at his funkiest. George Michael... We have not discussed this. Is not in the Rock Hall of Fame. Hmm. But Wham is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, George Michael. He's. I tried to think of this. Like, 
George Michael is Thurman Munson. <laughs> right. Like he was he was a he was a great star player in his heyday, but it ended too soon and he didn't get the run up to like legendary status, you know, like the elder state citizen that ends up getting into the rock hall. Well, I- I think Thurman should be in, and, and Sandy Koufax is in, and he only pitched for like eight seasons or something. Um, That's true. But, yeah, I would love to see him get it, but I can s- kind of see why he didn't. I don't know. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. I mean, he's poppy, right? right. But he was a craftsman. He had a hell of a voice. He knew how to make a hit. He had 15 of them in the top 10. I'm surprised he never even gets mentioned. I think he's been nominated maybe once. But, Mm. uh, you know, I'm starting to think some of the names we've been putting in lately, George Michael should be in there. I I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And 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 with every day that passes since his really untimely death, um, I appreciate him more. I miss him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it should happen. That's going to be who we lobbied. We made Pat Benatar happen, right? I think we can make George Michael happen. God, sometimes it's like you're reading my mind. I've got Pat Benatar on my screen right now. Not because I mentioned her earlier, because Pat Benatar, two years earlier, had a song, which I friggin' loved, which had the word sex in it, but apparently it didn't make the top ten. Do you know what I'm talking sex about? Sex is a weapon, right? Yes! Did you like that song? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, it, yeah, it was towards the end of her kind of pop run, or hit run, right? I, I it, like, And she doesn't um, play it in concert and everything, but... Um, She's in the water call. I know. I know that because it was in my limerick and you weren't listening. Oh, oops. <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, anyway she, I, I've seen, her, I've seen her. I've seen her in concert twice. She never plays that song. I don't know why. Maybe yeah, she thinks no, it's silly now. Yes. Okay. Once, back right. to George Michael. Of you course. love this song. Love it. Of course, when you love a song, it runs the risk of having one of these. Bad remake. Take cover. Now, to be totally honest. This is clearly a joke okay? because this band, Little Daddy, makes joke songs. But this one? There are things that you guess, things that you know, boys you can trust. <laughs> I like this. Girls that you don't, little things that you hide, little things. That you show Sometimes you think You're gonna get it <laughs> But you don't connect. don't connect And that's the way it goes I want you say <laughs> You know, it's funny Like, you could play that I think I said this about a different song recently You could play that during the, the prom scene in Back to the Future in the 1955, and no one would notice what the until lyrics were. That, yeah. Until that. Well, unless lyric, you really right? listen to the lyrics, but yeah, that's funny. Until that's funny. says that. Yeah. The Weird Al should have played this. It would have been better. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, I'm never going to get those uh, that hour and 45 minutes of my life back. Nope. Oh, boy. Two more to go, Dave. Okay. Oh, wait. I forgot to say. I Want Your Sex was featured, also featured in Beverly Hills Cop 2. I, oh, dis- I distinctly remember it during the strip club scene. Oh, wait, was that it? Yeah, I think, where he convinces everyone that Sergeant Taggart is Gerald Ford. Remember that? All right, let's is go. Is he making another Beverly Hills Cop? I think he is. Oh, is he? I thought I read that. I mean, he's he's just cashing in. He did come into America. He's going to do it. Well, you know he's going to do it. Yeah, coming to America, disappointing. Uh, um. Back to the Future 3, I mean Back to the Future 3, 
Beverly Hills Cop 3 was friggin' terrible. Terrible. Maybe he wants to redeem himself, but I don't know. Maybe. I'll take it if you yeah. can pull it off. But All right. All right, Dave, two more to go. I bet it's another movie song. I'm just saying. Number two. She did. She did the job for us here, right? And yeah. We, you. you know, this is already a long pod, so I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on this. Who's that girl by Madonna? Is the thirteenth of thirty-eight top ten hits from Madonna, which mm. is we, we. I laugh every time I say it because it's so hard to comprehend. Right. But superstar among superstars, uh, number two here, but was a number one hit and was yes, Dave, from the soundtrack to the movie. Who's that girl? Which, by the way, totally bombed and apparently sucks so bad that it basically killed her acting career so I she mean, was she was really bad she was the girl and she was she the lead was the okay. girl yep. and she's kind of singing about her character but also about herself and um i don't know there's a little bit of spanish in this song that was aped from she had a big hit before this called la isla benita which i actually really like i think that's a great yeah. song um this just has that quienes esta niña which means who's that girl in Spanish. Um, mm. and look, it's about a sexy woman warning people to be careful around her, which is Madonna talking about herself. You know, duh, no surprise. Mm. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with this song, but Madonna's catalog is great, and yep. this is total middle of the road. Yeah, Madonna. ordinary. Yeah, totally ordinary. Yeah, I mean, I'm staying the obvious. You could. I, there are ten songs I'd rather listen to before this one. In fact, I don't really want to listen to this one at all. But. <laughs> I mean, it's not an assault on the ears or anything, but it's just, like you said, it's ordinary. Yeah. By the way, where where is Madonna lately? She's a temple. She's a Kabbalah. I don't know, man. Shalom. I don't want to make this Mazel. a Betty White moment here. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not hearing a lot. I read something somewhere a, You're just a doing few it on weeks purpose. back. People are saying she's depressed about her. You know, she's not a sex symbol anymore, and she's aging. And so, the, you know. The tabloids are saying she's depressed and drinking too much and all this stuff, but mm. I don't know. Mm. I'm officially worried about my. No, you know the, the person I'm worried about. Where's Jack Nicholson? Oh yeah, I'm officially worried about Jack Nicholson. You just are you just trying to kill people off? No, no. But I'm saying I was thinking the other day. I was watching a Yankee game and they were flashing the celebs, mm-hmm. and I was you know I was thinking about you know who's the most famous celeb to attend a game and. Jack Nicholson or or Spike Lee or Woody Allen, those were like the the basketball. Every, they were at every game, right? Yeah. I don't know. Is Jack Nicholson still at Lakers games? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. But I know this. So I'm officially worried about Betty White. And days later, she was dead. All right, I doubt. Dead. No, I don't. I think Madonna and Jack are safe. Well, at least I yeah. hope so. <laughs> oh, I really shouldn't have gone there, should I? That's okay. That was not my intention. You heard it here first. There's no blood on my hands. all right 1987 we've got our madonna right so we've got one legend we've got george michael we got two legends and we got a whole bunch of other people who are very memorable around this time right gloria stefan debbie Mm. gibson can we top that at the top of this charts i don't know but i'd love to find find out number one Yep. 
In the UK, this must be the USA. <laughs> like the second or third song that came out from Joshua Tree. And at the time, I remember when it came out, I thought it was like the single they were just disposing of to like keep them on the charts or whatever. Yeah. This may be their most enduring song. Play the chorus. You can make an argument that yeah, this is their their biggest enduring song, which surprises me. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't fight that. It's definitely not my favorite U two song. It's not the song I want to put on. I like when they rock out. So I like Desire. I like Vertigo. I probably no, rather this I'd song. Probably... This is much more. This is meant to be a spiritual song. I mean, you hear it like yes. This is a pleader. He's yearning for something. He's looking for something. He can't find it. He's looking on mountains, looking on whatever. Is it about we God? Maybe. We definitely we have a pleader. a pleader. Yeah. Um, no, it's, but, um, and it holds up well. I'll say that. Oh, and it's, it, this album, The Joshua Tree, is what made you 2 a mega band. You yeah. know, we talked about George Michael. This was definitely true for you 2 It put them in line with Madonna and Bruce and Prince and all of them. And, Rolling Stone has this on the list of their 500 greatest songs ever. The Rock Hall has it on their list of the 500 songs to shake rock and roll. I mean, it's basically, if you think about it, a gospel record with rock edges to it, which we talk about sometimes on the strut all the time. Those things, when you do it wrong, are embarrassing. Right. But when you do it right, it kind of works. It's a little hard to hear U2's roots when you hear this, like you were saying. Right. Like when you... When you're looking for the Sunday bloody Sunday punk rock kind of edge, it's or, not there. Yeah, I will follow. You remember, like that was every, every college band in our college years played. I will follow because it was, you know, a rocker and probably pretty easy to play. But but another classic song. Yeah, this one. I mean, I feel like this band catches a lot of flack, and I feel like people are still mad at them for that Apple phone thing. I I still can't get the friggin' U2 album off my phone. I don't know if you've been able to do it. <laughs> it's still on there. Oh, my God. Every time I get in the car, it starts auto-playing. I oh, read, that's I, awful. I read a really funny column on some blog about a guy who spent, like, two weeks on the phone with Apple tr just trying to get the goddamn free U2 album off of his phone. Maybe they were trying to answer this question. Well, you still <laughs> haven't found? Well, well, let me just give it to you. You know what... Um, I, you and I talk ad nauseum about how we love the beginnings of song. This, you'd have to agree, this is a great one because it, right? Oh, his guitar. And it, it teases you, it, it brings you in slowly, but it, it climbs, it You're climbing the ascends, mountain. right? You and Bono, hand we're in hand. going up to the mountain to see if we can find what we're looking for, but th both this song see and the, the light. See and, the light. <laughs> well, this... <laughs> Where the streets have no name have a similar thing at the beginning. Oh, and, and, totally. and, 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 and it's um, they, they both work very well. That's all. This was actually this is funny. It was nominated for both Record of the Year and Song of the Year. It didn't win either of those, but it did win for Best Performance by a Rock Group, 
but Adam Clayton missed it because he had to take a leak and he was in the bathroom. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's such a bummer. <laughs> Speaking of you 2 and uh, bathrooms, sort of, I was once seated at a, a table in a restaurant in Cambridge, Mass., and I was with my in-laws at the time and my wife at the time, and several of these artsy friends of my in-laws who were, of course, they were grown-ups and we were still, you know, well, we were, you know, uh, you know early 20s. Um, and this this was a highly fancy restaurant. The in-laws are, are going all out. And the service was terrible. And we kept to the point where these, these people are, everybody at our table saying, I thought this place was supposed to be great. And somebody said, one of these people say, they're very cultured um, people. And they said, well, I, apparently there's some rock bands sitting behind us, right? And my back had been to them. So I turned around and you two is sitting there. Wow. And, and, I, and I, I just went, I turned around. I looked at Annie and I'm like, it's you two. It's fucking you two. It's you two. And so there was one other grown up at the table who knew who they were and and Bobby was this guy Bobby is like uh, oh my god it's really you too and they're like well what do they sing and he goes I still haven't find what I'm looking for he's like well I know that about you Bobby but tell me what do they sing <laughs> it was like a comedy routine um, and it was the, in the days before phones so I couldn't take a picture uh, of them you blew it you know you I blew it. <laughs> you know I ran over to a payphone and called someone it might have even been you I don't, I'm not sure maybe it was it could have been yeah but you're right. I did. You blew it! You, you blew it! <laughs> I have to play one clip for you, though, relating to this song, and it bridges two words. Do you remember episode, like, two years ago, we did a thing that played a clip of um, Casey Kasem. It's, a, it's an outtake, obviously, that didn't use going ape shit about a long-distance dedication or whatever. Yeah, that was when our correspondent... Dylan Volk, he talked about that on that episode. Yes. There's another clip that is combined with that of him talking about you 2 and this song hmm. that an alternative band named, I can't remember the name of it. I think I have it here. Negative it's Land. It's called Negative Land. Yep. And you 2 by the way, banned this. They stopped it from being released, which is kind of bullshit, but whatever. They came out with a bridge of a song that combines this and the Casey Case okay. outtakes in one clip. You gotta play it. Started around the. He was a little dog second named one. Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of. Let's come start again. From coming out of the record, play the record, okay? Please. That's the letter U and the New World Two. The four-man band features Adam Clayton on bass, Larry Mullen on drums, Dave this Evans, nicknamed The Edge. On this is bullshit. Nobody cares. These guys are from England, and who gives a shit? Oh, <laughs> It's a lot of wasted names that don't mean diddly shit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is great, Mel. So, do we presume that that's genuine? That he was talking shit about you two? I guess he was. Oh, a hundred percent. Although he he, sa he says they don't care. He doesn't care. They're from England. That's wrong it on must two have accounts. Been the first time they made yeah, that. Well, right, but you know they. But the all, first but, time they made the charge. Well, first of all, they're not from England. But second of all, oh yeah, when is a band from England ever really going to make it big? Like <laughs> what? <laughs> not Casey's finest moment. Right. Definitely not. Right.
But this yeah. song, I think we agree. It's 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 a great song. I mean, it's it's it is their signature song in a weird way, but it might not be our favorite, but it still holds up well. But all right, Dave, that's it. We're at, that's the, it. We're at the end. Yep. Give me the recap. Why don't you, for our <laughs> listeners, tell us what those ten songs in this countdown were? Recap, I will. Milt for the weekending, August fifteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. The top ten songs were number ten. Rhythm is going to get you Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine. Number nine, Only in My Dreams, Debbie Gibson. Number eight, Cross My Broken Heart, The Jets. Number seven, Don't Mean Nothing, Richard Marks. Six, Heart and Soul, T-Paw. Number five, La Bamba, Los Lobos. Number four, Luca, Suzanne Vega. Number three, I Want Your Sex, George Michael. Number two, Who's That Girl, Madonna. And the number one song for the weekend, August 15th, 1987, was, still haven't found what I'm looking for, from the band U2. That's right. T-Pow! Fair rendition. Wait, how do you say it? It's T-Pow. 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 You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! (laughs) You told me to cue that up at one point. I like it. Yeah. All right, Dave, uh, time for the categories. Of course, we have to start with our... Winner of the week! So, whoa, this might be hard. I'm just looking at these 10 songs. This is going to be difficult. When you think about the 10 songs that we produced this week, which of these songs holds up the best and therefore wins the week? Dave, I give you the mantle. Okay. I'll admit, when I heard, I still haven't found what I'm looking for with that opening little guitar riff by The Edge. I was swayed and thought, how can I pick against that one? But I'm going to. It's my favorite Richard Marks song, Don't Mean Nothing. That is my winner of the week. What an upset. What an upset. That might be the biggest up. I need some applause for you okay, or yeah. booze. That might be the biggest upset of the history of our countdown. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Yeah! I'm amazed. I did not expect that. I, I also, like I that also song. love "I Want Your Sex." I do love that song, but um, I, it's a Richard Marks kind of day for me. I don't know why. Boy, I'm having trouble. I real, I'm it's, really it's having hard. trouble because you know what else I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about La Bamba. Hmm. That's a great song. It's a great song. But you know what? I'm going to downgrade La Bamba because it's not an original. Not that I always hold That's that why I would have downgraded it, yeah. That's and it's what, very faithful to the original, so it seems right. a little bit safe. I think I'm going to have to go, you know, at the end of the day, I think i got to go with you, too. I'm going to go. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Although, I Want Your Sex is very close. Very close. And I, I want to throw some Luca love Some out there. people would pick Luca, and you could make a case. You could make a case that, like I said, her task was very difficult in dealing with and that she subject. she did and nail it. She did. A little bit harder, but there is something about that groove that gets me going and I want your sex, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that way. Right. Uh, oh, no, I didn't go that way. I went you too. Right. Well, whatever you did, I don't care. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. You know who else doesn't care? The referee. He doesn't care. All he cares about is his whistle. That's right, Dave. The sound of the whistle means it's time for the substitution, our chance to right the musical wrong. We're each going to pick one song to kick out of these uh, top 10 songs and replace it with another song that was in the Hot 100 this very week in 1987, but never makes the top 10. Always an interesting exercise, Dave. Who do you want to go first? Uh, You go first. All right. Well, then you made it easy for me because I'm going to kick out the Jets. You know, as much as Mm. I am a long-suffering fan of gangrene, um, in this <laughs> That's case, the New York have, Jets. Yeah, that is gangrene of the New York Jets. Also, it matches my feeling about this song, "Cross My Broken Heart." Mm-hmm. It is gone, and I'm going to place it with a song that may sound familiar to loyal listeners of this podcast because Revin it up. from the very beginning, or almost the beginning, this was the theme song 
to one of our categories, but happens to be not just a strip club staple, mm-hmm. but a great rock track. Give me some Motley Crue. find a lot of Motley Crue songs kind of uh, clumsy. Not this one. This one show. works. Uh, you were on such a roll. I didn't have the heart to stop you and tell you that the theme to that segment was not Girls, 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 but Dr. Feelgood. Oh my God, you're totally <laughs> right. Holy crap, you're right. I got it wrong on my own pod. And it is kind of funny that Motley Crue had two, like, obvious strip club songs, right? Probably more than that. <laughs> You're right. It was Dr. Fielder. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, well, like, this song wasn't played. This would have been the more obvious choice for a strip club song. I don't know why I picked that's Dr. True. Fielder. I just did. Great, yeah, great choice. Um, How embarrassing, though. No, not like, that. I'm glad you said something, because we would have gotten letter after letter yeah. after letter on that. Yeah. Um, Motley Crue just played um, uh, Fenway Park. Oh, another one of their, quote, farewell tours, and they'll yeah. be back in three years. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. All right, Dave, your turn. What are you kicking out? I made it hard for you, I think. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't. No. I know where you're going. Um, yeah, I guess I guess. You got to say it right, though. Heart and soul. <laughs> you actually got How do you say it? To pow. To pow. Well, uh, the theme, there's a running theme with, Movie themes, songs from movies, and this one that I'm picking. God, I love this song. From the Lost Boys soundtrack, a couple boys that found each other named Jimmy and Michael, and this tune, Good Times. Everybody shame. This is such a good choice, Dave. Thanks. It wasn't a huge hit. No. Didn't even make the top 40. I don't know why, per se. I love the dichotomy of their vocals. I just think it's a banger. And got the 45 when it first came out, I remember. I just love this song. Did you like it at the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, In Excess was like just like on this border between kind of alternative and, and popular. And this was songs that were moving a little bit more towards that popular edge, yeah. for sure. Anyway, yeah. Um, Good one. It is. By the way, I love the scene in, uh, in Lost Boys where the dog attacks his brother. Like, his brother's about to basically kill him. Yeah. In the, like, he's in the tub. What's right. his name? Who's the actor? Uh, Corey um, Feldman. No, no, Corey Haim. Corey, Corey Haim. Haim. I never, I never, Haim, right? I never saw the movie. You never saw the, you never saw Lost Boys. No, Lost Boys and Can't Buy Me Love. You were in the eighties, right? Yeah, I was getting were a, there. I was getting a little tail while you were at the movies. Oh, you were definitely not. I know that for sure. You're right. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> you got to, you got to play some catch up here, my friend. No, whatever. I, it's the kind of thing, like, yeah, Can't Buy Me Love. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I haven't seen it. But is, if you were me, would you really go back and watch Can't Buy Me Love at this point? 
I think I missed yeah. the moment. Yeah, you may have missed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. although you can watch it with your kids. You, that's how you do it. Uh, that's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dave. I think it's time for a little mystery. All a right. little mystery tour. The, <laughs> you know, we don't have the rights to that, but we have the sound effect. It's <clears throat> the past tens musical mystery. A past tense T-shirt is on the line. If you can tell us what these three, and we so- actually have the T-shirts, people. <laughs> this is real. I covered this earlier in the pod. I know, Are you not but I'm listening? Reminding them. Well, I'm reminding we them. actually don't have them, but they're they're being printed. Will. They're being printed. They're a real thing. And you have to tell us what these three songs have in common. I won't belabor it. I think we know the drill by now, but uh, I'll mention quickly. It it could be anything. It could have to do with the bands. It could have to do like the first one was all the lead singers were named Fred, but it could have to do with the band's cover. It could have to do with the song itself. Blah blah the blah. Lyrics could like be the lyrics. The haze, right. right, exactly. So it could be anything. Here's song number one. All right, Milt, you'll remember we discussed that song yep, on the pod. It, but I, yes, no, I won't name it. Top ten hit. Yep. Top ten hit. Yep. Here's uh, song number two. Another top ten hit. Yep. I love that song. Yeah, but we'll we, go another day, right? And finally, song number three. All right. If you never heard that song, then who are you, and why are you listening to our podcast? But anyway, those three songs. Send us an email, top10timemachine at gmail.com. We post this podcast on a Friday. It's trying to get it to us by Monday. You know, you got a long weekend. But if more than one person get it, gets it right, we will uh, pick out of a hat. And you know right what? Now. Why don't we even say this? I'm going to put a, a new disclaimer on there, right? Yeah. If nobody other than somebody who's already won before sends us the answer in time, we'll carry it over. How about that? I explain that again. I didn't get it. In other words, yep. if the only people who get it right are the two people so far who have won the last two connections, yep. if we don't get any answers, correct answers, by the time we record the podcast yep. next, we'll carry it over. Oh, yeah, right, we'll right. A chance. Good point. It yeah. might be a week from now. Or, you know, who You're knows? saying, yeah, we only had one winner, so there's a fair chance we may get zero at some point. And then keep, keep it open. Yeah, yeah. we will not reveal the mystery until you people, nope. the machiners, solve it. Exactly. 100%. There right. we go. Yep. Okay, perfect. Yep. So finally, Dave, time for us to uh, to use our patented time machine grading scale and decide, is this a time machine worthy week? How mm. do we feel about it, Dave? Is it an A for Aerosmith? <laughs> a B for Bee Gees? Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. A C for Carpenters. A D for Damn Yankees. Or an F for Frank Stallone. What was that? Little Sandler for us. Yes, I don't know why. So I have look, no... let's let's do the Maddie scale as we've been doing the last Maddie method. Weeks. Maddie method. The Maddie method. Thank you. 
let's run down the top 10 songs and say hit or miss for each and see okay. what they grade zero to 10. Yeah. Uh, would have to be, yeah, it could be a zero. You're right. Uh, rhythm is going to get you. Hit for I'm me. I'm going hit. Yep. Two hits. Uh, only in my dreams. Hit for me. Surprising hit for me, too. Okay. Cross my broken heart. That's a miss. That's a miss. Yep. Don't mean nothing. Hit. Got a hit, too. Yep. Heart and soul. We're both missing on that one, I assume. What? What? Oh, go ahead. You do what you want to do. You're your own I'm, man. I'm giving it a hit. Oh, no. That is right. Okay. I wasn't Obama. paying attention. Hit. Hit. I'm for sure. That a hit. Yep. Uh, Luca. Yeah, it's a hit. Hit for me. I want your sex. Yep. Big time. That's hit. a hit for me. Who's that girl? That's This is the toughest one on the list. I'm going miss. I'm still going to give it a hit. Because okay. it's mediocre Madonna, but still good Madonna. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. A hit, obviously. And yeah. that's a hit. Yeah. Dave, for me, you that's got nine. 9 out of 10. And that's I got an A. This isn't an A week, though, is it? So now you got to wiggle. Like we said, it's the Maddie method, but then you can you can wiggle. So I'm gonna... I am go- I'm going to wiggle down to A minus. But it's an A minus week for me. And I'm going to play by the rules. I'm going to wiggle up to C plus, And I think I'm okay with that. Wait a minute. A am minus, I? You know what? Does... A minus sounds a little high. Now that I'm And like C plus sounds a little this... low. As <laughs> <laughs> always, we end up with a B. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's just give it a B. I like them all. Uh, I'll stick with C plus. I, I mean, the. And I'm going down to B plus. I'm going to B plus because okay. heart and soul is really borderline. And you're right. And my, who's that girl is not good. It's just yeah, sort of, it's right. fine. So I'm going, I'm going B plus. It was a fun week. It was a really fun week, but. And you have some I, signature tunes. I mean, yeah. the U2 song, the uh, the George Michael song, the Suzanne Vega song, the Los Lobos. These are signature songs, right? Yeah. So, and Rhythm is Going to Get You is kind of that too for Latin music. So for da- Latin pop dance music. I mean, I don't know. It's a good week. I had some fun with it. Uh, I totally did too. And it's uh, talk about, you know, how uh, music reflects the the era. You had this poignant song about child abuse. Then you got this song that had to redo their video because of the AIDS epidemic. I mean, it's a nice it's a nice snapshot. I mean, what, not not nice in the in the sense that these are nice topics, but it's an apt snapshot time capsule Moment in of nineteen eighty seven. And it, yeah. it, the only thing that brings the week down is. Those first three songs were almost had the exact same. It almost sounded exactly the same. Yeah. So it was almost like too Agreed. predictable. But nonetheless, after that. Right. good time. Good, good time with that. Dave, it's always a good time with you here. Did on you the say time good time? Because that, 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 now I was going to use your song, but since you said good time, I'll take a song. No, I said use yours. Time. Okay. People, visit us at timemachinepod.com. Leave us a voicemail there by clicking on the microphone button. Yeah. I got to tell you, we've been getting a few less emails. I think people like are busy during the summer. I want more. Come on, man. Prioritize. Come on, machiners. Machine Nation. Machinepod.com or top10timemachine at gmail.com. Let us know what you think and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or yep. on our website, however you want to do it. We'll be back uh, next week to count down the songs of singers with the biggest index fingers. No, but we will do with some special category. And by the way, still taking fielding suggestions for that. You've, you've machiners have suggested a few recently that uh, weren't very good, but we've used a lot of them in the past. So keep them up. Next week, it's going to be all to pal. <laughs> the top 10 to pal songs of all time. 
Although top 10 songs are bands with apostrophes. That might get interesting. Ooh, okay. <laughs> we'll think on that. I like some punctuation. Uh, thanks for listening. Milt, always a good time. I don't want your sex, but um, cross my broken heart. I will find what I'm looking for in this pod. Tapao? Yage boo. <laughs> Thank you. See you next time. Even though I think his voice sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs>